fucked that up. <laughs> you are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve. Welcome to Trophy Horse episode 342. I'm your host this week, Alex, because Tricky is in Boston with the goddess and uh, their lovely little pooch. I'm not going to say the name because I think it's a terrible name for a dog. I'm sorry, <laughs> Stephen. But I'm going to, uh, I'm joined by some very awesome fellows this week, one of which I've kind of already introduced and apologized to at the same time. Stephen's back. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Oh, it's good to be back. Glad things finally worked out, and it's all because of WrestleMania. All because of the wrestling. Uh, well, actually, you did an NDS takeover of Trophy Horrors a couple weeks ago with Andy, so you were, I mean, you were kind of uh, doing that for us while we were all away. We did our thing. We did our thing. It was fun. We had a good time, and uh, I hope the listeners enjoyed it. And speaking of something that listeners always enjoy, it's the guy who brings the awesome. It's I Yield to No One. I was going to make a North American Championship res- uh, reference, and I couldn't quite put it all together, so I failed. It's a reference to the new NXT title. Yes. We might we might have a few wrestling references in this one, given it's WrestleMania weekend, and Yield and I are both going to watch it tomorrow, so mm, be prepared as am for I. that. The hype is real. The hype is real. Exactly. In, in Nolens. Nolens. Well, let's get you guys updated with our trophy counts. Tricky, since he's not here this week, I'll read his off. He's level 34, total trophy count of 8,913, and a platinum count of 87. I'm assuming his trophies are updated. I'm at level 30. I have 6,551 trophies and a platinum count of 96 trophies and 96 games. Don't expect my trophy count to rocket up too much as I'm trying to slash and claw my way through Bloodborne. Over the next seven God years. God bless you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm now. I've now made it to the sixth boss, so I'm making God progress very you. slowly. Yield. What's your no. trophy count? So I'm a level 25, and I'm really close to 26. I think I'm at like somewhere between 92 and 96 percent. Uh trophy count of five zero zero six. Yes, I have finally broken the five thousand barrier. And still holding steady with a platinum count of 75. Sir Steven? Indeed. Uh, level 14, uh, 1,826 and five platinums. And Sid, the, his trophy count is level 31, total trophies of 6,892, and a platinum count of 107. Uh, Sid's count might not be accurate because I do not believe we updated from the last count but I'm sure that he's just killing it as always as the trophies go. So I uh, look forward to another episode of Sophie's Trophies this week with Sid coming up later. Before we get to that, we've got uh, some news to hash out. It's packs and everything. But, you know, we've also been playing some video games as we do. It's it's our hobby. So, fellas, Steven, I'm going to go to you first. Ooh, all right, what cool. have you been playing? All right, so it's been a while since I've been on the show, so I'll I'll try and condense the last few weeks because it's interesting uh so my wife 
begged me to play Overcooked with her finally on PS4. I, I had bought it for the two of us to play and we never played. Finally, we sat down and played, um, played for a couple of days there, uh, really enjoying it. Really tough, not easy. Um, but yeah, I know that's old news, but it, it, there were some interesting fights in the uh, Fontana household. Uh, I will say, Stephen, <laughs> that I have Overcooked as well. And I got through most of the game single player, but like to get three stars in a lot of them, you need the help of another person. And yeah, it's just got, I've gotten to a certain point where I can't even get one star on them. So I'm kind of I could never imagine help. soloing. I tried it once, and hopping between the two, I can never do it. It's it's impossible for me. Um, but my wife's good at, at at those types of games. Like she likes the cooking games on the phone and stuff, and she likes cooking mama and stuff. So she's good with that stuff. Um, and I manage the restaurant, so I know all about the pressure in the kitchen. Um, so Monster Hunter World, been playing the hell out of that. Um, putting, I think I'm hovering around 50 hours in now. Uh, I know that's not a lot compared to a lot of the players out there, but definitely enjoying my my time with that. Just going through the story, and then when uh, my uh, my other half of Nintendo Dual Screens jumps on with me, um, he helps me go through some some of the harder things, which is a cool. Uh, thing that you can do with your friends like he'd come in and help you even though he's super high level he's like i think he's close to like level 50 uh and i'm like 10 or 11 or 12 or something like that so it's a lot of fun um been playing my switch mostly other than that um yeah i think that's that's about it for me very nice yield what have you been cracking away at sir so i have just been uh i finished up uh frozen wilds uh, last weekend, and uh, been playing a lot of Saints Row the Third. Nice. Yeah, I've, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I feel like I'm actually flying through the game. I think that's because I've been mainly focusing on the side stuff that you that you can do to clear out the islands. So, but I have completed Act One, so I'm at least a third of the way through the story. I thought you had played that before. No, I haven't. I had not played that. I had messed around with it at one of my buddies' house. He he had it, and every I'd go over and I'd play for a little bit. But I mainly was playing on his account, so I'm like, man, I should really pick this game up. So I finally picked it up, and I'm just like, I had see what did I just finish. Can't remember what I just finished on the three, and I'm just like, you know, I need to start working on my backlog. Let's let's do Saints Row. That's kind of a big open world game. I think the next one I'm going to after that is I'm going to go to uh, Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus, and then finish out the finish out the future series. So then I can play the uh, the reboot based on the movie, based on the game, based yeah, you know how that goes. The game based on the movie, based on the game. Yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed that game. So yeah, that way the, I can get the that way I can get the platinum and the PS4 Ratchet and Clank, and then make fun of Tricky for the fact that he still hasn't gotten it yet. Yeah, Tricky's never going to get that because he can't get the times down for the races, which I don't understand why they're so hard for him. But just well, shortcuts he, he, and just hit the hit hit as many boosts as you can. He he's not a racer, Alex. Well, <laughs> Tricky's also not very much of a gamer either. So, oh. shots fired. Shots fired. Um, but yeah, the, the Ratchet and Clank, the the reboot, or the remake of the original game was really good. They did cut out a few chunks of planets. Yeah, so the game is, all the games in that, or all the planets in that game were in the original. They just cut out some planets from the first game. It does make the new one feel tighter 
and more yeah. focused. But they also did add um, Dr. Nefarious into the new one. Oh, okay. And some new boss fights. So there are some new things in the new Ratchet game, but it looks incredible and it's really fun. So you will enjoy playing through that, sir, especially since you're a Ratchet and Clank fan. Yeah, the the pacing in the game is unlike all the other Ratchet games. Like the other Ratchet games, have felt like it was more like you can get three, four, five days out of the game, um, especially when you're younger. But like this game is, is way more tight, and you could explore and and, get, and you know find all the coins and everything like that, or the cards rather, if you want to. Um, so you could get some time out of it, but it's a way more tight experience, and and ultimately all the jokes land a little bit tighter as well. I did, have a friend come up, I did have a friend come up to me at work, and he's like, so you've played the Ratchet game, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, he was kind of thrown off by the fact that after you defend the garage on the home, on your home world, that you immediately, like, you and Clank are immediately friends, and you go fly off, and you're, like, in the thick of things. I was like, yeah, that's just kind of the way it rolls in Ratchet and Clank, or especially this <laughs> game. Yeah. And the movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, it can be kind of... I, see, I've been playing Ratchet and Clank games for years, so it doesn't bother me. It doesn't phase me because you, you know, you planet hop in every single game. But I like someone just coming to the series, like who expects a little bit more story expose. Like I can understand how that'd be a little, a little off putting or a little weird. I guess what I, what got me into Ratchet and Clank was just was just the humor. Yeah, the writing's fantastic. Yeah, that that that's what got me. I'm like, if this game and 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 I fell in love with the series with one of the least popular games, which was All for One, and I'm like, if 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 the rest of them are even partly funny as I found this game, I'm gonna love the series. See, I watched my friend in college play through the first game and um, oh, what's the second game? Ratchet and Clank up your or no 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 up your up your arsenal. What, no, no, that was the third game. Ratchet and Clank. No, I thought Crack in Time was third. No. Oh, God, what is it? I going, is it Going Commando? Going Commando. That was the second game. Thank you. The third game was Up Your Arsenal, and I did not... That's I picked that game up for 20 bucks when it was the greatest hits on the PlayStation 2, uh, and that's the game that really made me fall in love with it. The very first one I played, then I went back and played the older ones, and then, of course, Tools of Destruction, Quest for Booty, A Crack in Time, Into the Nexus. Uh, I played pretty much every Ratchet and Clank game there is. All of them. And I have the Platinum in any one of them that you can have a Platinum in, so. Um, but I have been playing more Bloodborne. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've gotten to the sixth boss, so I just beat the Witch of Hemwick. And I've gotten my, I've made my way through the Forbidden Woods, and I'm now fighting the Shadow of Yarnum. And fought it once, well, I should say them, because there are three of them. Um, died, put up a Valiant fight, I almost took one of them out, and then they kind of transformed and got stronger, and I was kind of, like, in the shit. And I, like, died very quickly. But, like, you know, I understand, like, I probably need to take one of them out first. Maybe the guy with the katana, the close close combat guy first, and then worry about the other two. But, yeah, um, you know, I still feel like I, I'm i going through this game so slowly because I'm having to, like, you know, gain so many blood echoes and experience as I go to be able to fight the bosses. It's just a more methodical style of game than I've ever been used to before. Because I feel like by now I should be, I would be through any other game. Whereas this game, I'm not even halfway through, I don't think. So it's it's you know I'm finding more I'm finding ways to be better at the game, but like I I just you know I part of me can appreciate the slow methodical pace, but also like another part of me is like I I want to experience everything, and I don't want to kind of like be held back behind all these gates. Like Stephen, did you play Bloodborne at all? Oh yeah, uh, I was I I loved Bloodborne. Um, so when it first came out, there were some streamers that I had stumbled upon that were 
uh, streaming the game on Twitch. It was like when I first got on Twitch, and they basically sold me on the game just watching it. The game kicked my ass. Um, I, I begrudgingly put it away um, after I beat the Cleric Beast. I think it was Father, what's his name, Caglione, whatever the hell Gas- his name is. Gascon. Gascon. Yeah, so when he kept kicking my ass, I put the game away. And then um, I just decided one day to pick it up and start it over again. And, and then for whatever reason, that second time around, I started over. Um, I picked the uh, chain whip or whatever it's called. And uh, and it just clicked with me for whatever reason. That's my second time around. The movement, fluidity, um, keep do it, making, knowing what your combos are, knowing when you're gonna not be able to attack, um, keeping them at bay with the whip. That was that was the thing I was gonna ask you is what weapon you're using because the whip for me, it, it's kind of like the beginner's weapon. It's very quick, but it doesn't do much damage. But you're able to keep your enemies at a at a distance because the whip will will keep the will hits them from. Uh, like maybe twice as long as as any other weapon. See, um, I, I went with the axe first off, and I've learned like to elongate the axe and use like the spinning tornado attack, where it'll take a lot of damage from your enemy. Because if your enemy gets hit by that, they're almost almost always going to get knocked back. Even the executioners get knocked down from that. So enemies will almost, and it has a chance to make them kind of um, uh, like fall over, hunch over, so you can go do a visceral attack sometimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that weapon, I know it's slower, but it has been really effective for me. I kind of switch back and forth between that and the saw spear because the saw spear is quicker, and I've gotten to the point where the saw spear does almost as much damage as the axe. So, um, and I don't really use. I, I just got to the point where I can use the repeating pistol. I got my skill up because before I was focusing on endurance, health, and strength. So I've that's the way to do it. Yeah, the skill of it uh, and the arcane and the blood tinge, but. I don't know, like, I don't rely on the on the guns too much. I know that you have to use them to parry, but I've never been able to time the parries well enough. And I know I'm probably going to have to learn at some point, or there's going to be a wall where I can't get past. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, now, you said you, you fought the Witch of Warwick or whatever it was. Was that the one that splits into three? Or, so like, there's the three? Witch of Hemwick, there are two of them. It's at the end of Charnel Lane. Uh, basically yeah. you access Charnel Lane, it's on the right side of the Grand Cathedral. Um, right, yeah, and yeah. And there yeah. at the end of that, the Witch's Lair is at the end of that, or the Witch's Abode. But the one that's split in three, I think that's the Shadow of Yarnum, because there are three of them, they're like Reaper-like, they're in robes. One of them has a katana, the other one shoots fireballs, and then another one has a torch that they, you know, do uh, short-range damage on you. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar to me, because there, there was one boss that was, it was three, but they, I, I could have swore they were like, women they were like little old lady witches well they yeah like i maybe maybe there were i only saw two i only had two boss bars for the witch of hemwick but that's the one you're the exact one you're thinking about because you um it's like you have the uh those long tall like creeper enemies that they they call on to attack you and they've got yes, like, the long yes. like hair yeah yep. that's the witch of hemwick yeah yeah um, that one was tough for me, and and I guess because I'm I'm remembering three, and I could be wrong, but I I remember the reason why I kept screwing that that fight up was because I wasn't focusing on the right one. I guess like there's you have to take him out in a specific order, um, you know, for for it to be effective. I guess so that that one took me forever. I remember, but yeah, I never finished the game. I still own it, um, and I always wanted to return to it. And actually, believe it or not, Monster Hunter is actually making me want to return to Bloodborne because Monster Hunter and Bloodborne, the combat is, is kind of similar. Um, Monster Hunter is more arcadey and fast, but it's still that same, you know, moving back and forth, avoiding attacks and, and kind of biding your time. Um, so yeah, 
I'm glad you're enjoying it though. I'm glad you stuck with it. Cause that, that's like the big thing is getting over that initial hump of that, the, that initial shock of, of how difficult the game could be and how you have to really learn how to play that game from the ground up. Like, I'm glad you stuck with it. Well, and just dying over and over again. Like yesterday I had like 50,000 plus blood echoes that I just lost because I died once. And then when I was going to retrieve all, all those blood echoes, I died again. So it overwrote that. And I had to pick up like a, amount of like 5,000 blood echoes but um i'm enjoying the game more i still say that i would never play one of these games ever again <laughs> but um i'm glad i played it and I'm, I'm determined to make my way through it because again the city and like the surroundings like even though i just had to make my way through a forest of fucking snakes and snakes terrify me like and these aren't small snakes these are big motherfuckers in like clusters of fucking snakes they're not they're, no, they're not friendly. I don't like them. But I still have managed to get my way all the way. I'm to that point in the Forbidden Woods where you find all the shortcuts and you can basically just straight line to the boss, which definitely helps. Like, if I could, if I had to go through the Forbidden Woods all the way again just to get to the boss, I'd be like, fuck this. Because I actually, uh, I did, was like, I was walking into the boss lair and I stopped. And I was like, I have 50,000 blood echoes. I probably don't want to do this because I knew I didn't know what their lair looked like, but I could just tell from the surroundings and the context. It's like, this is probably where I fight the boss. Fuck it. And I turned around and I went and I, I walked my way all the way back to the lamp to to get my, my character three extra attributes and um, like repair my weapons and everything. So, yeah. I wouldn't say I am enjoying the game, but it's just not my style of game. And like, I finally have confirmation of that because I thought about buying Bloodborne year, like, within the past few years, like when it was on sale and stuff, but I finally now have confirmation that it's just not my style of game. So I'm going to continue to play it. I want to try to get the platinum, but we'll see. Cause even Sid says he doesn't know if he's going to get the platinum and Sid's like big time. Yeah. Sid, Sid played through the, the other souls games and got the platinums in those. So if that man says he doesn't know if he has enough skill, shit. <laughs> so it's PAX and, this first topic kind of like hits probably close to home for all of us since we're all around the same age. We're all the same generation. Spyro the Dragon, Insomniac Games Baby, Insomniac Games Baby before Ratchet and Clank was a thing. I guess that would kind of make Spyro Ratchet's older brother. Hmm. Uh, so they have announced, Activision has announced the Spyro Reignited Trilogy coming out on September 21st on PS4. And of course, you may remember another Activision property that came out was re uh, remastered last year, the the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. This follows in the footsteps of that. So this September, you'll be able to play through all of the Spyro games. It's the trilogy all over again. And I will say, I've looked at screenshots, and they they like the developers, Toys for Bob, have wanted to keep since they're longtime fans. They've wanted to keep everything like as close as they can, like even Spyro's movements. And the way the speed he runs at. They definitely want to keep that as close as they can to, like, the way that fans are used to. And you look at screenshots and, like, the graphics are severely, like, significantly improved. Like, the game looks beautiful. But, like, you can still recognize, like, castles and buildings and even pedestals from the old game. Like, it's it's like they took the original game and just, like, did everything. Like, Crash Bandicoot. Like, it looks, it's the exact same game, but it looks just so much better. Guys, uh, I never played Spyro. I that watched friends play it. That makes old. three of us. Oh! <laughs> so is this the perfect opportunity for all three of us to play the Spyro trilogy? Yes. Yes. I was going to ask you guys. That it, it, this 
this was another one of those games that, like I, like I said with Ratchet and Clank, it, it hit that era of gaming where I'm like, well, that's too kiddie. I'm not going to touch that. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And, and like I said, the game looks beautiful. So if you're looking forward to playing more Spyro, either for the, if you're, you're looking forward to playing it for the first time, or you just want to go back and play the games, because the original one came out in 1998. It's a long ass time ago. If you want to jump back on Spyro Train, it comes out on September 21st. So, so I was going to say, so with all of these remasters that are coming out, you know, people were clamoring for, for Crash Bandicoot. They got it, you know, and they were, you know, I, I, even Spyro, I had heard, you know, when Crash kind of was like getting the, you know, getting hot of, of a, getting an announcement, people were like, well, but what about Spyro? And then, you know, and then you got Burnout as well. So we got all these remasters coming out. So there's just one other really popular game that I'm like, where is this remastered? And I think you guys know where I'm going. So are we going to get a siphon filter? <laughs> You've been asking for a siphon filter for years now. I think it's been a part of your of every E3 prediction for you though since we've done it. And it's going to be again <laughs> this year. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it until I get it. Well, but it may, it, but 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 it makes you wonder if they're going back and they're getting all these really popular franchises, and and bringing them back, you know, as either an HD or rebooting them like Tomb Raider. Siphon Filter was quite the franchise. It's true. I mean, we saw like they had Spyro in the Skylander series for Activision before this, at least for a couple years now, and I think Crash Bandicoot showed up there. I don't remember if that was before the insane trilogy was officially announced but i mean these are obviously um series that were i mean without spyro and the success of spyro we would not have ratchet and clank we would not have resistance you would not have sunset overdrive you would not have anything that insomniac's done since then and you know spyro even though crash bandicoot was one of those like crash bandicoot had the biggest booth at the first e3 for sony and crash bandicoot was really that thing that they could hold up against mario and say hey look look at this we have crash bandicoot because I picked Crash Bandicoot over Mario 64. Believe that. Ooh. The success of the, P- of the original PlayStation also lied on the back of Spyro. Because Spyro is a big part of it, too. So it's nice to see Spyro get love. See, I know, you know, Donnie would hate this. He would not want, you know, all these old games being brought back and reignited, remastered, rebooted, whatever you want to call it. Remastered. Yeah, yeah. Red Faction <laughs> Gorilla. Coming back, baby. I... I really like it because to be honest, like I don't want to pay, like I don't want to play all the games from my childhood, like for the rest of my life, but to have some of like the more popular ones like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro come back, I'm totally fine with that. You know, I, and part of me, to be honest, wants to see Ghost Hunter remastered or uh, Dark Watch remastered. If anyone knows which, those two games, like I will be impressed. Well, hmm. maybe not so much Dark Watch because that was that was Capcom. That was a little more out there. But if anyone knows what Ghost Hunter is, I I will be fucking impressed. So I wanted to jump in here and uh, so uh, like last month or a little while ago, actually, when was this? Yeah, March fourteenth uh, on Proven Gamer, we put out a, an article called "The uh, Proven Five Trilogies Sony Should Remake Next." Um, number one was the was Spyro the Dragon. So at least we're getting we already getting that. Um, Number five was the Gex series, uh, so that's another another one that might be interesting. The Mega Man Legends Collection, oh, so that's kind of, I know it's not a trilogy, but 
there's a little write up there. Uh, the Prince of Persia, the Sands series, Siphon Filter, the PlayStation One series, and then an honorable honorable mention was the Die Hard trilogy. Um, and then we put up a more specific article called the top five PlayStation titles Blue Point specifically should remake, and that was Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hill, Driver, Dark Cloud, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, Blue Point. For those who don't recognize that name, they redid Shadow of the Colossus, so they got they got chops. So you can read those on Proving Gamer. Um, now. I think the reason why we're getting these is obviously it's it's for the money, but I think it's because all of the kids that did that didn't, you know, when you're a kid, you you don't necessarily own all of the consoles. So I feel like for the Nintendo kids that grew up on Nintendo, they missed all of these games. But now they're 30, 35 years old, maybe even older, and now they have money. So they can go back and play these things that they missed. Um, and then on the flip side, you may have been a PlayStation guy and, you know, you may have been 14, 15 years old when these games came out. And like, like Yield was saying, they're kitty games and you're, you know, you don't want to play those. Well, now you're looking back at it and you're like, well, I still play Mario. Why wouldn't I, I play Spiral the Dragon? So I just think that it's a, uh, it's a, def- it's a smart business move. And now these franchises are going to be more relevant than they ever have been in a, in pro in arguably the most successful contra- uh, console generation of all time. So I think this is a really cool idea. Well, you think about it like, so instead of creating a new game or even doing a sequel, you've got a proven entity. The game's already been made and been built. So you have like a framework and a baseline to work from. But, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into remaking these games. I'm not saying that. But you at least have everything laid out in front of you and you just kind of had to decide how you want to... Um display it or like basically what you want the game to look like and ways to stay faithful to it and just kind of how to bring it into a new generation and make it look like up to today's standards so i mean that's one big advantage for the developers yeah you don't have to waste i shouldn't say waste time but you don't have to spend time developing a story and all that all you're doing is just uh making it pretty and making it run on the use uh this current gen consoles and we've been lucky that developers who actually are fans of these games, like the Crash Bandicoot games and Shadow of the Colossus and Spyro, that they're actually fans of the games and they're faithful and they care about the pro- the properties and they want to do right by them instead of just like just throwing some shit out there. Um, so they're like taking into consideration the way Spyro moves, the speed at which he flies, the speed at which he runs, uh, and it's really really great to see. So and plus, you know, it's the twentieth anniversary of Spyro coming up, so. The original game came out 20 years ago, so it doesn't feel like it's too soon. Like, it feels like enough time has like, elapsed since then to put out un- the games again. Agreed. And, you know, in, in, Spyro was definitely... it was Spyro was made by Insomniac Games, where, like, they became kind of household names. But their newest project they've been working on, and I know a lot of us have been looking forward to this, there's a lot of Marvel on the silver screen, a lot of Marvel on the television... The next big Marvel game, Insomniac, or I should say Marvel Spider-Man made by Insomniac Games, comes out September 7th to PlayStation 4, and that is a PlayStation 4 exclusive. So so excited. Oh my god. Yeah. I just so have Steve, to decide which version I'm getting. So, okay. <laughs> well, you know, before I ask you guys what makes you so excited about the game, let me talk to you about the versions that are coming out. Of course, there's a standard edition for 60 bucks, 
but and I'm going to take this. I'm going to read this from the PlayStation blog. The digital deluxe edition of the game, which is going to be in the U.S. for eighty dollars, will include a copy of the game as well as a new as new story chapters into our post-launch DLC series, Marvel Spider-Man: The City That Never Sleeps. Not really great that they're announcing DLC already. I'll say that, but I do love Insomniac and I do trust them, so I'll let it slide for them. Um, but they say that's right. We'll be supporting the post ga- the game post-launch, and you'll be getting three new chapters each with new missions new villains and characters and additional suits for spider-man the next is the collector's edition which we'll call the tricky edition because it costs a lot of money and he would be surely be willing to spend the money on it uh the collector's edition will cost 150 dollars, and it will include all the digital content from the digital deluxe edition as well as a steelbook case featuring the iconic white spider-man mini art book from titan books and an awesome marvel spider-man statue by gentle giant so that is going to be the collector's edition. It's one hundred fifty dollars, and the digital deluxe edition is seventy dollars cheaper at eighty dollars. So, fellas, tell me what has you so excited about Spider Man? I've just liked, I've just liked the trailers that I've seen so far um, with the combat and everything. I mean, I've tried a Spider Man. I tried the PS Two Spider Man game. A buddy of mine absolutely loved it, and I I liked watching him play it. But when I got a hold of it, I was just kind of like, it was just like, eh. I had more fun watching somebody else play it. So I'm like slightly apprehensive about this one, but from what I've seen, it seems like a game that I would enjoy about how it just seems the combat flows of how you can, you know, web sling objects to attack your enemy, or you can web sling them, or you can go in for hand to hand combat. And it's just, it, it watching the gameplay it really gives you the sense of that, like you're really Spider-Man. You can do whatever you, however you want to attack it. It's not a okay. Here you have to you have to go melee that guy because it's what we want you to do. They've really kind of like created an open world to do however you want. Yeah, for me, it's the the not only just the pedigree of the developers and everything like that, but it's it's more like. I, I've always been excited for for Spider-Man games, but that excitement has waned in the in the last few editions of of the Spider-Man games. Really, Spider-Man, uh, what was it? Shattered Dimensions wasn't really that great. Um, a couple of them. I think Ultimate Spider-Man was the last one I really liked. Um, but for me, it's that there's so much potential in there with Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery. Um, you know, everybody compares. Uh, rogues galleries like Batman uh, always will have the best one and we saw what 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 happened in Arkham I'm interested to see how they utilize the vast amount of villains that are in the Spider-Man universe uh, you know the Sinister Six um was it name uh, uh was it Mr uh, uh shoot what's the villain's name Mr Negative Mr uh, I forget his name um we've only seen one villain in in any trailer so far and any gameplay footage. So for me, I'm super excited to see where they go story-wise. They've already confirmed that uh, Mary Jane is playable in this game. Um, there's references that uh, this is an older Spider-Man. This is a Spider-Man in his 30s. So that means there's Miles M- Morales could be out there. Um, I, don't, I think that's all but confirmed at this point. Um, so I don't know. I'm just excited for... I, I love Spider-Man. I think he's one of the best characters ever written in comic books, period. Um, and you know, being portrayed on the silver screen has been has been exciting at times, but you know, you know that history. I'm not going to get into that. But uh, 
I, man, Spider-Man, it's just, it looks so, so good. And that's like, that's right up my alley. I love the infamous games and this, I'm getting a lot of infamous vibes from this thing. Uh, just the open city and, ah, man, I'm just so, I'm super excited. I can't wait. Which is funny because everybody thought that uh, Sucker Punch was the one doing this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it takes a while for you to like step back from that and realize, oh no, this is... Yeah, Sucker Punch doesn't have anything to do with this thing. Yeah, um, this is Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know it's going to look gorgeous. I mean, just looking at this stuff thing in action, it's just holy you know, crap. You know the story's going to be spot on. Absolutely. I, I'm looking. What I'm looking forward to, what I, what I hope this game is, is I hope that it's a focused story with maybe one or two villains, um, but on the periphery, the Sinister Sticks might be doing stuff that you need to like stop on your way, like as side missions. I don't want too much to take away from one main story, trying to shoehorn a bunch of different villains. It worked in the first Arkham game because it was in a, it was a confined environment and you had to get through one to get to the, to the next. But in this big open world, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where Spider-Man's going you know, from point A to point B, and then, you know, Rhino's down there robbing a bank, like, oh, all right, come on, and then you maybe stop Rhino, and then that opens up a little side mission thing, where finally getting him in jail, or defeating him is like his own little thread, um, but it's more like a, a side thing that doesn't necessarily bog down the main story, that's what I'm hoping they do with this thing, um, because we know that they could tell a linear story, that Ratchet and Clank is awesome, um, and we know they could do movement from Sunset Overdrive. They, we know they got movement and, and movement combat down and traversal down. So I, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to this game. I can't wait. You know, Steven, I got a question for you. B- besides, sure. like, I mean, dating back to, like, the X-Men Arcade game and X-Men Legends and the Spider-Man game on the PlayStation 1, name me one superhero-based game that focused on one or two villains. One or two villains, yeah. Um, I don't think you can do it. I would say, uh, well, I would say the infamous games. Um, well, no, I mean like Marvel DC. Marvel DC. Um, well, you got some awful Superman games. <laughs> those, yeah, uh, those get typically the, get far enough in those games to determine if there actually were it was an enemy. You know, it was pretty. Yeah, no, not the cars and magic rings. I think in the sky, those are the enemies. Um, I think maybe the uh, Justice. What was it? Justice League Heroes. Was that that game? That was the uh, the uh, Marvel Legends like DC game. That one was pretty good. I enjoyed that. That that had like you know Lex Luthor was like the main baddie and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's it's tough. Like, but the the difference I I think the difference is is that this is a open world game, but it's a single player game at least from what what we know or at least what I know. I don't know if they've released anything like any uh, two-player modes or anything like that. But for me, you got to focus. Steve, I think that one of the reasons they won't do that, because I can see them doing that if you know they have other games after this and they're going to set up a sequel by having like a villain in this game that isn't necessarily a main point. And in the next game, they introduce that villain, that villain fully and they just focus on one or two this first game. But I don't see Insomniac making another Spider-Man game. Like, I think this is kind of a one-shot deal, so I feel like they're going to try to throw as many references in there as they can. Especially with a big open city, because you think, like, back to Arkham City. You mentioned Arkham Asylum. But in Arkham City, there were there were far more than a few enemies, and 
you know, you think you have this big city, the, you know, Gotham, like they're all going to inhabit it at some point. So it makes sense that you would cross paths with more than one, two, or even three boss characters. Yeah, but your but your main bad guy in in city the whole time was, um, well, no, yeah, yes, your is was you kind of uh, had two. Well, you kind of had three. Well, you, yeah, you kind of had three. So I, I, I agree with kind of like what you're saying, Alex. Is that there probably will be multiple? That there will be a. I'm just saying there'll probably be a, a, a linear. This is kind of your main bad guy, and then you'll have a couple of of lieutenants. Other, yeah, other main bad guys that you fight along the way, and then probably like Steven said, you'll find some of your other nods to other bad guys in side missions. Here is this guy. Here is that guy. But what I'm looking at is from Insomniac, you know you're going to get a good story, and you know you're going to get good humor, which I think will bode well for them because everybody remembers Spider-Man as kind of the sarcastic guy. So I think that'll bode well for Insomniac. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys talked about how Insomniac, it kind of feels a little bit like Sucker Punch is infamous, uh, whereas, you know, in- Insomniac is actually making Spider-Man. But, you know, you can kind of see the the kind of threads there, they're tying together. We just learned from PAX 2018 that there is going to be a Square Enix crossover between Final Fantasy and Tomb Raider. Uh, not many details yet, but just the fact that they would combine those two universes in some way is kind of mind-blowing. Final Fantasy fifteen is crossed now with how many different franchises? It's crazy. I was gonna say, I'd like to see how that works. <laughs> uh, your guess is as good as mine. I, I don't, I don't know anymore. Final Fantasy fifteen was fun, but uh, it's not that fun that I need to go back and play it eighteen times. Let me ask you guys this: What are two franchises you would like to see intertwined? Like, uh, it doesn't. I mean, obviously, it would have to be underneath the same publishing house. But like, are there two particular like franchises you would like to see crossed over? Yes. I want I want to see Fire Emblem and the Mario Brothers characters come together for a Kingdom Hearts like RPG saga. That's what I want. Damn. That's pretty good. Yeah. That, that's what I want, I, you know, because we know Nintendo's not going to take, you know, 11 years to make a, a, a sequel to it. So I, I look for I, that's what I would want. I would I would want there or if if not Fire Emblem, then like Dragon Quest or something like that. Just just a a known stable uh, RPG franchise that could, that lives on its own, just like Final Fantasy did. And then those iconic Mario characters just like they, the Kingdom Hearts has those Disney characters. And you go to all the different Mario worlds. You go to Donkey Kong world. You go to, you know, Earthbound world. You go to all these different worlds. That, that's what I want. That, that would be my, my dream crossover or whatever type game. So my idea, and I'm impressed with that, Stephen, because you came up with that on the fly because I did not let them know ahead of time that I was going to ask them this question. I want to see, and I'm sorry I have to leave Jack out of this, but I want to see Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper together. Like doing heists, like Ratchet is the Ooh. the new demolitions guy, and Clank does like Clank does. I mean, you could think of like Bentley. You know, he's been in the thick of it for so many years, and he ended up wheelchair bound. Um, and like him, and uh, you know, maybe wanting to get away from that, but like Ratchet comes in, and Clank comes in, and like Clank can be the brains, and Ratchet can be the demolitions guy. Murray's the brawn. And you've also got Sly Cooper to be like the recon guy, like the 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 kind of back like an Ocean's team. Eleven. Yeah, no, like I would love to see that. 
That would be awesome. And it would follow, like, the Sly Cooper format of games where you do, like, a bunch of recon missions all leading up to, like, one big heist and then a boss fight. Love it. I don't think, I don't think Sly Cooper would fit well into the Ratchet world. As no. As far as gameplay goes. Or, you know what? You could do a co-op game with Ratchet and Jack, like, Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter, like, co-op buddies, like, shooting their way through, like, a galactic, like, wasteland. Like, a, like planet hopping... And, like, going through this epic story together is just, like, these gun blazers, these gunslinging buddies. Kind of like Army of Two, but with Jack and Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be down with that. Hell yeah. Yield, you got an idea for us? No, I don't have one. I did see something on the internet that would be that would be rather interesting, but they didn't really have the one series as a, as a video game as more than the other one. But you could do an Indiana Jones Laura Croft thing where you could spin it where Jones is actually Laura's dad. How about like a racing game, but the cars were all transformers? So you still had to cross the finish line, but you could all you could initiate fights <laughs> like within the race. Like go into robot mode and initiate <laughs> fights in the race. Kind of like add some split second split second elements where you could deform the terrain to make it harder to race through. I don't know. That's a crazy yeah, idea. That is a crazy idea. But it could work. It could. I'll just go with Split Second 2. Yeah. Well, we would all love to see Split Second 2. But, well, you know. You know what console the, the Split Second 2 would look really good on yield? What? The PlayStation 5. <gasps> oh, my word. I'm going to throw this to Steven because this is a topic that Steven added. It's actually going to go ahead and be our topic of the week, so to speak. Yes, indeed. But before we get into the topic of the week, we want to kick it over to Sid for his Sophie's trophies. So let's do that right now. Hi, Sid. Hi, Sid. Hey, guys. How are we all? Welcome back to Sophie's Trophies, episode 32. As always, I'm Sid. Hope you guys are okay. Now, this week I'm doing Tomb Raider. Um, I did mention last week, and it is going to be split into two parts. Uh, the reason for this is I bought it quite cheap. Uh, it was £4.99, and when I bought it, I thought to myself, oh shit, there's a lot of multiplayer trophies. Um, and considering it's five years old, I did think to myself, not a chance, there's going to be nobody playing this game. But surprise, surprise, guys. There are a lot of people still playing this game. Um, maybe it's because of the uh, price cut it recently had. You know, £5 for a game like this is pretty damn good value. Um, right, so let's get into the multiplayer. Okay, the first one is Adventurer. Complete a match in all multiplayer modes. That is a 1.3% rare trophy. Um, I believe it's a gold. Now, when I say I believe it's a gold, guys, um, I'm colorblind, so... Telling between the gold and the silver is sometimes difficult. Okay, um, the multiplayer modes are Rescue, which is basically Capture the Flag, uh, Team Deathmatch, Free for All, what the bloody hell is the last one? Do you know what, guys? I forgot what the fourth, uh, the fourth one is. When I remember, I will tell you, but there are four different match types. Okay, Artillery Man. Kill 20 enemies in multiplayer using a turret. Now, there is a turret in 
two or three of the maps um, and pretty easy guys just shoot somebody with the turret 20 times um, the problem with that one is unless you've got somebody to boost it with it's going to be quite difficult and time consuming to actually uh, get people in front of the turret now this one I had a hard time with um, just to let you know artilleryman guys is a 0.8% rare trophy um, this one down boy kill a zip lining enemy in multiplayer it is a 1.5% ultra rare trophy now the problem with this one guys is when it says kill a zip lining enemy in multiplayer um, they must die on the zip line so if you shoot an enemy and they fall off the zip line um, it does not count so you have to wait for somebody zip lining down a zip line um, with very very low health now I boosted this trophy with a friend um, you know and it took a few attempts let's say um, because we didn't quite grasp the uh, nuances of what the trophy was telling us so just remember that guys you cannot just shoot somebody off a zip line they have to die whilst coming down it um, entrapment catch a player in a snare trap in multiplayer now this one's quite easy just run past a trap set it up as soon as somebody's caught in it um, that's the trophy pot it is an ultra rare 4.2% gold trophy um, escapist survive 10 explosions you can do this yourself um, just shoot a grenade near to you as long as you go red or your screen goes red and you survive then you're fine do that 10 times good samaritan revive a teammate in a multiplayer match um, that is a 2.2% rare trophy ultra rare trophy guys okay now this is the one that you really need uh, to be lucky with I think I'm all that win a ranked match in every multiplayer mode like I say there are four multiplayer modes guys um, so you have to play the ranked matches now it is a bit harder to find ranked matches I was lucky in that I made friends with of all people a group of Russians only one of them spoke English but we all helped each other through um, we formed a little party of four and did a few ranked matches together um, okay so soul survivor in multiplayer be the only player on your team that isn't dead or downed that's easy enough just make sure you're alive if everybody else gets knocked down lights out kill 10 multiplayer enemies using your melee attack run up hit people again I did this with my uh, group of friends um, master blaster kill two enemies with a single explosive now this one is a 1.5 ultra rare I know I haven't read those out guys uh, but I do have quite a lot to go through um, basically throw a grenade um, throw dynamite whichever and uh, that's it as long as you kill two enemies again I did this with my group of friends uh, monkey around in multiplayer escape death three, three times by using the rope ascender this can be done on your own guys just set your um, team to Solari go into a private match choose beach and there is a tire that is on fire it's like a little uh, fire pit made out of tires stand in there until your health goes really low then jump up the rope that's right next to you press square to fly up it and uh, do that three times and you will get the trophy um, you can only do it using the Solari which are the bad team as it were 
as they're the only ones that have the rope ascender. Okay, narcissistic. Purchase a new multiplayer character. Very simple, as soon as you get the chance um, and have some salvage, you purchase a character. On my way up, reach level 10 in multiplayer. Um, this one is a 2.6%, so quite a few people, uh, compared to some of the others, have done this. Um, again, a gold trophy, very easy, just keep playing until you reach level 10. Now, Shopaholic. Buy every upgrade and character in multiplayer. Now, this trophy used to uh, require you to prestige twice, which is get to level 60 twice to buy a character called the General. Now, they did patch this, so you don't actually need to do that anymore. He was not, he's now no longer a requirement in that trophy, but you do need to get to level 60 at least once if it doesn't glitch. Um, it glitched on me, guys, but in a good way. Um, I haven't bought everything yet, and I was playing the single player game yesterday, and it crashed. Um, so I came out of it, came back into it, and uh, the Shopaholic trophy popped for me. Which is very strange, but I'm not going to argue with that one. And the last one, guys, is True Commitment. That is reach level 60 in multiplayer. I haven't got this one yet, but I am working towards it. It is the same as the Shopaholic Trophy, which is a 0.6 Ultra Rare Trophy. Now, I will give you the easiest way to do this, guys. Set yourself up in a private match. Put your team as survivors. Play Rescue, which is basically Capture the Flag. Um, and set your medkits, because instead of flags it's medkits, to 20. Um, start the round, um, set the time to whatever you want, I usually set it for about 11 minutes, and uh, run around, collect 20 medkits. That will give you, on average, 27,000 experience points. Now, if you were going for Shopaholic, you could play the next round if you wanted, and just run around in a circle and break open the salvage boxes using the Solari character. Um, and then on the third round, it lets you pick, if you're playing it the way I was uh, on your own, uh, which uh, uh, team you want to be. So it's up to you whether you wanted to go for more salvage or whether you wanted to go for experience. I'm just doing one round um, as the survivors to get the experience and then, and then I quit out of it and start again. I usually do it two or three times a night. It's taken a while guys but I will do it because it was the last trophy in the PS3 version and I never got it because I just gave up. I just got bored. Um, but that's it for that one guys. Um, I'm, you know I will do the single player next week. It's a very good game. I still really enjoy it. Um, the um, multiplayer is not as bad as I thought it would be, to be honest. I know I've played it before, but I did forget. You know, it was a while back. Um, 2013, this game came out. So, you know, five years ago, it's easy to forget the nuances and things of a game. But yeah, the multiplayer, not too bad. Trophies are very much attainable. I did most of them in one weekend. Um, just get in there, find yourself a team. You know, message people, ask for help. I did that. People message me asking for help. You know, so there is still very much an active uh, community around this game. I don't know for how long, though. So, yeah. So, next week, uh, Tomb Raider 2013 single player.
So that's it for this week, guys. I hope that was okay. Um, and I will talk to you next week. As always, Sidders1978 on the PSN. Sid at Proving Gamer on the email. Um, at Sidney on the Twitter or through the Trophy Horse Facebook group. Get in touch, guys. Give me some ideas of what to talk about. Uh, would be cool. And uh, I will talk to you next week and keep getting those trophies. Bye. Thanks, Sid. Thanks for everything. It was wonderful. Didn't As listen to always. it, but I will. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get into the topic of the week. So I this has been kicked around on the internet. Um, I have a couple of articles here open. The first time I heard it was from Forbes. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and start. So... The PlayStation 5 has been rumored that there are dev kits out in the world. Um, it's I'm just going to go on the Forbes article here. It says, it's, it's strange to start thinking about the, play, the next generation of consoles, given that we're living in the era with the immediate upgrades like PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. But here we are with the potential 5 on the horizon. There is a report out today that should be taken with a grain of salt, given that it's locked behind a $1,000 paywall at semiaccurate.com. Which details with details posted to Reset Era. So I'm going to go over to Reset Era and give you those details. Okay, so this is from the semi-accurate thing. So here we go. Quick summary. It uses it's going to use an AMD's Navi as its base architecture, not specifically using Navi. The CPU is a custom Zen PC uh, CPU. It has a large. This is the biggest one for me. Large amount of dev kits have already gone out. Um, the author suggests that a 2018 release of PS5 is not out of the question based on the amount of dev kits released, uh, as this is a sure sign, this is a quote, sure sign that the launch is getting close, not definitive, obviously, and that there are VR goodies baked into this, uh, in, at the Silicon level, meaning that the chip internal is going to have some VR capabilities, um, which is which bodes well for VR. Now, obviously, you got to take this with a grain of salt. Um, now, the reason why I put this in here is because not too long ago, I had written an article on ProvingGamer.com saying, and the title of the of it was, uh, "Is it is uh, I believe it was is it time for the to, for Sony to reveal the PlayStation 5? Um, which got a lot of people without reading the article, obviously, because I came to the conclusion that no, it's not time. Uh, a lot of people just saying, no, you're stupid. You know, why don't you go jump in front of a truck? However, <laughs> I think that with the iterative, iterative consoles, I think 2019 is not out of the question here. So what do you guys think? Do you think these are real? Do you think that there are actual PS5 dev kits out in the world? I'm sure there's probably some. There, I, I, there has to be, right? That many seems like too soon without... Any real rumblings. And for 2018, I don't see Sony coming out at E3 and going, hey, look, we're working on the PS5. And you'll get it this Christmas. Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening either. I don't, I don't think they've ever done anything like that. They've always announced it. Hey, we're working on it. This is some specs for it. And then it's the following E3, they have the big reveal, and you'll get it this Christmas or something like that, or you'll get it next Christmas. Yeah, especially with with Days Gone slipping into 2019, um, that automatically says that PS4s are still going to be getting games in, in 2019. We still don't know what's going on with Death Stranding. Um, that's supposedly a 2019 game, which I really would not be surprised if that is a launch PS5 game in early 2020, if you ask me. Yeah. 
And, it, and if you remember, the, the four or the three had some of its strongest games right at the end of the cycle because they said that's when they finally was able to harness all of its, you know, everything in the CPU. So Yeah, but with I, God, God of War coming out this year, I mean, that's like going to be one of the biggest PS4 games yet, despite all the big ones that have come out so far. You know, the... You don't want to announce like, "Hey, PS 5s on the way," because it's going to kill off sales for the PlayStation Four. Yeah, I mean, you could argue they don't need anything more for PS Four at this point, but I ar- I argue the PS Five is already out. They called it PS Four Pro, but yeah, I, I'm I'm actually with you on that one. But I think uh, you know, look at the big first party studios that you have. Um, so God of War is coming out. You got Spider Man, so that you know. Uh, uh, Insomniac's done, right? They're, they're not going to come out with another huge game on PS4. Uh, God of War's done. I'm talking about just first party. Um, Death Stranding, they, whatever the hell that thing comes out. So that's that's only the only one that we know isn't coming. Ghost of Tsushima, that's another one that's been announced for PS4. Um, we have Days Gone. Now, outside of those... Last of Us your, Part 2. Right, Last of Us 2. So outside of all those, who's your big first party studios that are going to be working on something for PS4? I I don't think anybody. I I don't think any you're not getting two games out of any of those studios in these next couple of years for sure. So it's really not out of the realm of possibility that 3 years from now we're, these first parties are launching a game on PS5. Well, this fall the PlayStation 4 will have been out for 5 years in North America. Mhm. Yeah. I I think it is not crazy that we get an announcement at PSX at the end of this year that PS5 is real and that they will talk more about it at E3 the following summer, so summer 2019, and that it comes out in the fall of 2019. I It would not surprise me. And then they could get all of their big... The, the last games out... Death Stranding's not a PS4 game. I don't care who what you say... I never believed it was a PS4 game. That game is going to be a PS5 launch game. Um, so with that, with that in my head, I believe that 2019 is going to be the swan song for all of the the big games that are left. The Days Gone, The Ghost of Tsushima, um, The Last of Us Part Two, and then there'll be a little bit of bleed. I believe that you'll get Death Stranding, possibly Last of Us Two, and Ghost of Tsushima as PS5, you know, up whatever ports as well to help with the launch. Um, and then and then we'll see what happens after that. I, I just feel like they, these console generations are going to get shorter. They, they have to get shorter because technology is, go, is ramping up so quickly. And with VR being a major focus for PlayStation... You're gonna. They're gonna. They need their box to be able to do this thing because the way it is right now, it's it's a detriment. It's pe- people are avoiding purchasing it because it's a pain in the butt to set up. Um, and if it was a little easier, um, and you know, around the the correct price point of like two, three, four hundred dollars, you know, we'll see. I I just don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. We really don't now, especially with dev kits supposedly out in the wild. I mean, they have to be out in the wild. It takes th- three years minimum to make something for a system. So you figure three years from now, we're talking about 2021. Yeah, that's not out of the realm of possibility of a PlayStation 5. So yeah, dev kits are probably out in the wild. So I want to make a point. I mean, you talked about there not being two big games coming from these studios 
like a lot of these first party studios. And I want to remind you that Naughty Dog has already put out Uncharted 4 and Uncharted The Lost Legacy and is going to be putting out The Last of Us Part 2 as well. No, no, I'm saying I'm saying from from this point on, you're not you know, like you're gonna get The Last of Us Two. There's not you're not gonna get something else out of them after The Last of Us Two on PlayStation Four. You know, that's gonna take them four years to make. Allow me to give you one example of a game that might be the swan song for the PS4. Mm-hmm. What about Horizon Two? I'm honestly I wouldn't be surprised to hear something at at E three. I think it's a little soon to hear something, but given the way the first game ended, you know it's coming. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't finish the game. The game that, but is that the game maybe. that bridges the PS? Because they've already made, they've already created the world. They've got the characters created. They've got like all like the um, the tech work done. I'm trying. The engine is there, so like they have everything in place. It's just kind of now like making the game and the story. Is that the game that bridges the PS4 and PS5? Could be, yeah. Especially if Death Stranding, sw- you know, slips again, you know, into a PS5 generation. Yeah, I think so. I think you could absolutely say that. And we don't have a date for Last of Us Two, so it could be the two of those games. A- a- another good, or another possibly good way to find to help with these rumors will be at this year's E3. If, if the game's showing isn't as strong as, like Stephen was, you know, suggesting that all of these first party, you know, big games are going to be the, you know, their last big game. If you don't have a lot of first party announcements at this year's E3, then it's really not out of the possibility that at the end of the year, they, they do say, Hey, look, here's the five and it's in the pipeline. I also expect massive action game mag two to be announced at E3 this year. (laughs) Really? No, no, not really. 1,000 players. Mag, and all the characters are dressed as Dynasty Warriors characters. Love it. Do it. All right, well, fellas, that is going to bring us to the end of our topics. Well, except for one, my own little thing that I like to call What's Hot in Gaming. Uh, One particular game for, it's actually coming out this week uh, on the 10th. So look for this on Tuesday. But there's a whole bunch of games coming out this week. One of them that really caught my eye is called Extinction. And it's basically you, as a normal-sized dude, trying to save the world from giant, colossus-sized ogres. Uh, I'm going to take this straight from Ryan Clements and the PlayStation blog. Uh, Rumbling out of the tattered pages of legend come the Ravini, old enemies of humankind that once again threaten the world, take up the ancient art of the Sentinel and defend humanity and Extinction coming to PS4 on April 10th. Extinction places players in the shoes of Addy, a warrior who uses mobility and strength in equal measure to stop the colossal ogres and their minions, leap between buildings, swing from rooftops, and cut down the Ravini threat in spectacular fashion. So, that is a little description of the game. It's, again, called Extinction. Go look it up and see what you think, but I think that sounds like a really cool concept. Yeah, it, it, it looks really cool. I, I've, I saw this at, um, what was it? it? Maybe it was a PlayStation blog. I, I don't remember, but it, it was a couple of weeks ago that they, it was part of like a sizzle reel for something. I, I don't remember what it was, but it looked really cool. A really cool art style, almost like cell shaded kind of, um, very anime looking. Um, but it, the combat looked very fluid. You're cutting off limbs of these giant creatures and stuff. It looked really I cool. I think I remember seeing something about this. Was this the one where you kind of like ran around in a, not necessarily an open world, but you defended 
you know, you took out like small ogres and then the big one came in and you could like chop off its arm or its leg and yeah. And you use the, and you, uh, whatever limbs you're chopping off, you're like, I think you use and get upgrades for or something like that. Or like you, based on whatever limbs you're chopping off, you like get I think abilities I and stuff. Some kind of trailer like this, like, I don't know if it was last year. Uh, I I, I want to say it was a couple of months ago, but we only really saw just that one tiny little town and him like jumping on rooftops yeah, and stuff like okay. that. Yeah. 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 It, it really, it does look, look awesome. Yep. And it's coming to you this week on Tuesday. So definitely check it out. Cause I'm, I definitely that like hacking limbs off of giant ogre sounds awesome as fuck to me. So I'm Hell definitely yeah. going to look into it. I Maybe it can be kind of like my in between my palate cleanser when I'm, Get a little bit too frustrated with damn Bloodborne. <laughs> that sounds Fuck. like a great idea. Fucking Bloodborne. All right, well, folks, we are going to jump into our housekeeping this week. We're going to clean this shit up, and I'm going to throw it to Steven because he always does housekeeping so much better than we do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, all right, so we're going to start out with Help Wanted. Listen, uh, recently I've been named the editor-in-chief of ProvenGamer.com, and we are focusing on getting uh, writers as part of our team. Um, if you want to write about video games and you want to see your work out in the in the wild, you want to write previews, reviews, you want to do interviews, whatever you want to do, um, you could do it for ProvingGamer.com. So please go to ProvingGamer.com, click on the Help Wanted tab, and fill out an application, send us some writing samples, and uh, me and Tricky will get back to you. Um, re- really, honestly, we, we really are looking for writers, so if you have friends or whatever, direct them to the website. Um, we'll, we'll start working with you. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can. Uh, you could email us at trophyhorrors at provengamer.com. We have a phone number. That's 330-PROVEN-9. That's 330-776-8369. And you can leave us a message, and we can play it on the show, which we have not done since I started doing this show. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a Twitter. Uh, what is that? That's at provengamer. I don't I don't think Trophy Horse has one. Yes, at Trophy Horse. At Trophy Horse? I... I Probably should follow that. Trophy Horse ever. does not have an Instagram account. Not an Instagram, no. Uh, remember, we do have other podcasts as part of the Proving Gamer Network. There's a podcast that I am a co-host of with my my buddy Andy Asimakis. That's Nintendo Dual Screens. That's your Nintendo podcast if you're interested. We do a lot of interviews with a lot of indie devs and stuff like that. So if you're into that sort of thing, pop over there. Give us a subscribe and a review, and we'd appreciate it. We also have uh, the Smart Marks, our professional wrestling podcast, which has been putting out really good episodes leading up to WrestleMania, so please support uh, the Smart Marks. We also have Game Stuff, which is a general James, games discussion podcast, and pretty soon, in the next couple of weeks, maybe we are going to get one of their hosts, Kalai, on Nintendo Dual Screens to talk about Nintendo and what she saw at PAX East. Um, we also have PG Spoilers, which is a podcast you can be a part of. Um, if you want to hear about that, just write us an email. It's been a while since we did one, so whatever. Um, you can find all of these shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, TuneIn, and this show and the Smart Marks can be found on iHeartRadio, which is pretty amazing. We have some PlayStation 4 communities. Gentlemen, would you like to take that away? Yield, what's your, your PlayStation 4 community? My PlayStation 4 community is the Platinum Guild, where you can basically you just uh, post your latest Platinum, uh, you know, help. If somebody needs some help, they can ask for, hey, I need help with this. If you got some co-op stuff or if you're stuck on something, hey, what's the best way to get this trophy? That's kind of what the community is all about. Really, it's just about, hey, this is where I'm at on my Platinum-wise, kind of just bragging amongst some friends. 
So if you want an invite, just uh, ask me. But hurry, applications are going fast. We also have the Trophy Horse community, but it's not called Trophy Horse on the network because, well... President of Worldwide Studio Shuhei Yoshida isn't going to let us say whores on the PlayStation Network, so we had to go with the T-Dubs Brothel. That is the name of the PlayStation 4 community. We also have the Proven Gamer community on the PlayStation 4. All right, and that's going to bring us to our sponsors. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have partnered with Humble Bundle, and the way that works is pretty simple. If you go to ProvenGamer.com and you click on our little Humble Bundle link that we have there or you go to the podcast description we also have a link there that'll take you to uh, humble bundle you could buy games for ridiculously cheap and you're going to be supporting our charity of choice which is extra life which is another partnership of ours extra life again if you go to provinggamer.com we have an extra life banner on the website that you could donate a couple bucks to help us raise money for the children's miracle network of hospitals um, so we have a nice little team there. I think there's seven of us on the team. You could donate to your favorite PG member and uh, help support the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. And at the end of the year in November, um, I think it's November 6th this year, right? Is that right? Am I wrong? Third? Third. November 3rd is a 24-hour gaming marathon to help raise awareness. But when we get closer to that, we will give you more details on that. And the final one is Amazon. If you go to ProvingGamer.com, and you click on any Amazon ad and do your shopping like normal, we get a little kickback, and it helps keep the web website running. Um, so we do appreciate if you do that. Also, if you're an Amazon Prime member, that means you have Twitch Prime, which means you could subscribe to our Twitch streaming, our Twitch channel, rather, twitch.tv slash ProvingGamer for absolutely free. It's free money that they're just letting you sit there in your, in your Amazon Prime account and just going to nothing. So if you don't want it going to nothing and you want to help out a, a little website that could, please consider going over to twitch.tv slash ProvingGamer and hitting the subscribe button over there with your Amazon Prime. And that's going to bring us to uh, shout-outs. Alex? Well, I want to give a shout-out to the listeners first and foremost. Thank you all for sharing a little bit of your time with us every single week. Uh, only thing we want is to hear from you a little bit more. Let us know how we're doing. Send us questions of the week so it's not just us coming up with the topics we talk about. We'd love to get you guys a little bit more involved in the show. But as always, thank you for being the fuel to the fire of this trophy horse because, quite frankly, the show would not exist without you all. So many, many great thank yous to you all for that. Give a shout out to the Goddess and Tricky who are at PAX East. They're up there in Boston trying to cover the show as best they can, so a big shout out to them. Uh, shout out to my co-hosts this week, Stephen and yield especially steven for that wonderful wonderful housekeeping segment which he does so well <laughs> but he doesn't even look at any papers he just sit there and does it from memory most of it except for all of the community stuff fantastic uh, i want to give a shout out to hillbilly jim who was inducted to the wb hall of fame last night if you don't know if you don't know i am from louisville hillbilly jim is a kentucky boy he's from bowling green kentucky and last night during his induction speech he said that one thing that he always kept in mind as he was traveling is he hoped he represented Kentucky well. Anybody who lived in Bowling Green, Lexington, Louisville, and I will say we are very proud of you, Hillbilly Jim, and you always did represent us very well. So big shout-out to you, sir, and congratulations on your induction, well-deserved, into the 2018 Hall of Fame class for the WB. And last but not least, to my girlfriend Ashley, who always supports me in everything I do, supports the show, listens to every episode of the show, Everything she brings to my life is as um, just a great partner, uh, as as good as I can ask for. 
Um, she's fantastic, and I'm just so grateful for all the adventures that we get to have and all the time we get to spend together and just for everything that she brings to my my day, to my night, to everything. So thank you, Ashley, for being a supporter of me and the show, Intro and Proven Gamer. Yield. So I would also like to give a shout-out to the pimps and the madams of the whoredom. Uh, thank you for everything that you've done for the show and the site and all of our other shows on our podcast network. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. I also would like to give a shout-out to Alex and Stephen for recording today. Uh, kind of a a day early for us normally, but WrestleMania is tomorrow, and everybody has kind of got plans to, to watch it. So, And then I found that I got a birthday party, so that really kills all my Sunday. Um, and, and then a... Uh, a shout out to Tricky and the Goddess and everybody else with Proving Gamer over at PAX East covering that. Uh, it's fun. If you have never gone to a PAX, you should. I would like to go back to another one. It, it, it's fun times. Um, I would also uh, like to alliterate one of Alex's shout outs. I would like to give a shout out, though, to the Dudleys for making the Hall of Fame. I That's when I was really into wrestling was when the Dudleys were in WWE. So it's really cool to see them get inducted. And then I saw something over Twitter uh, this morning. To I would also like to give a shout out to Al Snow, who is from Ohio, and he has purchased OVW, which used to be a which is Ohio Valley Valley Wrestling, which I believe is based in Louisville. Yep, it's Could where uh, it's where John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, and Brock Lesnar all trained before they went up to the WWE. Yeah, it, it used to be a WWE training ground. It used to also be TNA. Uh, I remember some of some of their events making their way far enough into Ohio where we went to them. Me and my friends went to them, you know, back in the day. So it's really cool to see that he's in charge of that now. So maybe they'll, maybe he'll bridge the gap and have you know talent, you know, come up, train through him, and go to WWE again. So shout out to him. Awesome. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our team over in PAX East because they're sending a lot of really cool information that we're going to be able to put up on Proving Gamer when they get back. We're going to write some articles some previews. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, I want to give a shout out to you gentlemen. Thank you very much for doing this on Saturday so I could be a part of it. Really appreciate that. Um, you know, Sundays are very hard for me and typically that's when we record. So I'm glad I could be a part of it. Uh, shout out to Rasslin the greatest time of the year it's the christmas of the wrestling season it's great can't wait uh shout out specifically to my uh, partner in crime over on nds andy who has been working his ass off getting us guests on nintendo dual screens all sorts of indie devs um he's networking like a maniac over there at pax east and uh really excited for what we have going on so just a shameless shilling of the show. If you haven't checked it out, we have some really, really, really good stuff coming up in the pipeline in the next couple of months. So please to enjoy. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I appreciate that. And Alex, I will kick it to you for the goodbyes. So that is going to bring us to the end of the show for this week. Thank you all very much for joining us yet again. And we will see you for episode 243 as we inch oh so close to episode 350 of Trophy Horrors. But until next week, guys, happy trophy hunting. Peace out. Be excellent to each other. Take your last verse, then read all me this. Save your last words. 
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. (laughs) 